Welcome to MuggleCast, your weekly ride into the Wizarding World fandom. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Micah. On this week's episode, we are going to continue our Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald character discussions with a discussion on the star himself, Newt Scamander. We're going to discuss where he's been and where he's going, and we're going to have this discussion through the lens of his relationships. Uh, Not just with Tina, not just with Lita, but with the Beasts, with Dumbledore, with with even Bunty. We're even going to go th- <laughs> into the, the Bunty discussion. Also, very excited to say we're joined this week by our social media manager, Chloe. Chloe, welcome to the show. Hey, y'all. I'm so excited. Chloe is a Gen Zer, so she's keeping us young. She became our social media manager a few months ago. She's been great so far. Chloe, we would be remiss if we did not intro you by first getting your fandom ID. I know. I'm excited. I feel like y'all might not know this about me. So here it is. My favorite book is Goblet of Fire and my favorite movie is Goblet of Fire. I might be a little biased with the French part, but I love them both very much. <laughs> my Hogwarts house. I'm a proud Slytherin. Woohoo! I know. Heck yeah. We Andrew and I were talking today about how we're both very much Slytherins. Absolutely. And my Ilvermorny house, I actually retook the test today just for y'all because I really <laughs> did not remember. And I'm Wampus. Oh, not many of those on the show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I guess it's like the Gryffindor Slytherin combo. Okay. Which checks out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then my favorite Fantastic Beast is a unicorn. And before y'all say that's so on brand, get original Chloe. It was because I remembered that unicorns don't like men. And I find that extremely relatable. (laughs) And I wish Laura was here to agree with me. (laughs) I know, tough crowd. I'm sure your boyfriend agrees with that too. But go on, go on. (laughs) And then my favorite muggle beast is a panda. It it always has been and used to go to the zoo just to see them. So Wow. Okay, well, great. Welcome to the show. You've been doing awesome work for us so far. Chloe's been so much fun to, to work with and hang out with online. So we're excited to have you. Thanks, y'all. So before we get to our new discussion, there is a little bit of news. We've been talking about it a bit from time to time. The Order of the Phoenix Illustrated Edition. It arrives October 11th. And in the past week or two, Bloomsbury and Scholastic unveiled the cover. And we see Harry and Hermione and Cho in a Dumbledore's Army meeting. Cool. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. It's beautiful. The book looks thick, too. I mean, I think this is just a mock-up, but <laughs> they've it's chose, thick. They've chosen not to double-bind it. There's no... Uh, I was going to say I that. I think this, is, no two this is finally confirmed or, or rather thrown out my whole theory about the book being too big to be a coffee table book. I hope y'all have sturdy coffee tables. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to reinforce mine. Coming out. I'm going to reinforce yeah. mine before it arrives. There is <laughs> an interesting surprise, though. On the cover, it says, illustrated by Jim K with Neil Packer. Oh, you can't expect Jim to do all this work himself, can you? I mean, his, his arm would fall off. <laughs> I'm not mad about it. You're right. This is the biggest book he's had to illustrate to date. And a press release that MuggleNet posted shows that Neil did about 25% of the artwork. So it's still mm. 75% Jim. So, Eric, you kind of were on the right track with it being so big, something would have to change. I'll take it. I will take that generous that generous uh, claim that I claim something. Yeah. 
And it's very interesting, Andrew, you mentioned Cho. That's her Patronus that's featured, the swan on Mm. the cover. Oh, gosh. Very interesting choice by Jim K. I love that. Justice for Cho Chang. Yeah. (laughs) I think that it's wonderful she's on the cover, truly. Yeah. Well, come to think of it, I mean, she really hasn't been on a cover before, right? No. And that's probably, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful, like, Patronuses. So I think that that's maybe part of the reason. Yeah. I think the swan is so gorgeous and it's beautifully illustrated. Yeah. And you can kind of make out the otter, right? Yeah. I'm not looking at it very close up on the bottom yeah. right of Hermione. I'm zooming in. Yeah, I can see it. It's kind of interesting too that Hermione, so Hermione and Cho are flanking Harry. Harry's not uh, conjuring a Patronus himself, though he is holding his wand. It's the women to his sides that are. So. That's kind of cool too. A moment mm-hmm. for the ladies while Harry's just like, "Whoa, I love magic." He's teach. He's teaching. Harry's having right. an "I love he's magic" teaching. moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, I don't know if you read through this press release, but it said that Neil's art. It. I think it looks similar to Jim K's. Mm. I, I doubt you're going to be able to tell the difference between Jim's work and Neil's work. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what what he turns out. You know, the the illustrated. Uh, editions of prior books have kind of favored the dark and disturbing. Uh, and book five is as dark as it gets uh, before, obviously, the heavier stuff in book seven. So I'm hoping that Neil brings a real majesty and whimsy that that is sort of like tonally complementary to uh, Jim Kay's work. So I, I'd like to see them really work together to create the most beautiful illustrated book they can. The Order of the Phoenix Illustrated Edition will be out, like I said, October 11th. The Illustrated Editions, I've said it before, I'll say it again, it's definitely one of the bright spots of Wizarding World Inc. and the fandom right now. These books are just so amazing to page through. So I think we're all looking forward to it here. There was one other news item, but we're going to get to it on our Patreon this week. The alternative titles for Crimes of Grindelwald leaked, and some of these are like, what? (laughs) <laughs> and some of these are okay, <laughs> but the, the rest are what? They're hysterical. <laughs> They're hysterical. I couldn't even believe it when I saw them. I was like a fan. It's a fan edit, right? Yes. Yes. Nope. It's real. <laughs> so our discussion of these titles, including Fantastic Beasts, Rise of the Dark Lord and Fantastic Beasts, Out of the Shadows, will be available on our Patreon this week, patreon.com slash mugglecast. Oh, and don't forget Fantastic Beasts, the Mystic Kettle of Knackledirk, Andrew. That's the <laughs> definitely the most interesting one I can't wait to discuss. <laughs> we release a bonus MuggleCast installment on our Patreon every month with content that uh, maybe it's a little more behind the scenes. Maybe it's a little more open and honest. Maybe it's some um, stuff about the early days of our experiences in fandom. Or in this, <laughs> in the case of this week, a bonus muggle cast about some additional news we just don't have time to cover on the main show. So check that out. We appreciate everybody who supports us on our Patreon. All right. So we're just over a month away from the release of The Secrets of Dumbledore. This is our final character discussion ahead of It might be. It might, depending Ish. on the trajectory, it really depends on, you know, how much other content we're dealing with. The leak, uh, the, the sorry, the month leading up to these movies is always a pretty hectic time. Also, the interesting thing about today is that it's actually Newt Scamander's birthday. Heck yeah. February, February 24th. 24th, 1897. <laughs> <So>. Happy birthday, Newt. <laughs> Happy birthday. Feels like Happy only yesterday. 25th birthday or something like that so yeah he's old <laughs> <laughs> okay gen Zer. all right 
You're right. 125 years old. I didn't say you are old. I just said you was old. (laughs) This is what, a a dollar and a quarter years old. But, you know, that means, I know we're all excited for this, but that means because we have his birthday that we know his star sign. And I must admit, I did not know that we would be having Chloe on this episode when I initially put just a few sprinkles of like astrology stuff I found on some website I Googled. But it looks like... Chloe, you have had a lot to say about Newt Scamander's star sign, which is Pisces. Yeah, I do have a lot to say. I love astrology and I did bring out a a book. So I, I had a source. So it's not just all from my brain. But I think what's super interesting about Pisces in particular is a lot of the traits that are Pisces traits are also Hufflepuff traits. And that makes so much sense to me. So I thought we'd go over his strengths and weaknesses before doing like a little bit more of a deep dive. But his Pisces strengths are typically adaptable, unselfish, hardworking, group oriented, which I think is super interesting based on what we've seen from The Secrets of Dumbledore, the first trailer they released, because it's really all about this group Mm -hmm. that is fighting you know, Grindelwald. So I think that that's really interesting and cool. Devoted, passionate, honest, forgiving. And then their weaknesses tend to be about being emotional and sensitive and self-sacrificing and then also um, vulnerable, which is interesting because I think this could be a strength. But I think we've seen a lot of this from Newt. And I was obviously it's super intentional, like it always is. But (laughs) I just think that it's really, really telling that all of these traits could be applicable to the Hufflepuff house and also that he works well in a group. Perfect. Yeah. (laughs) Plus adaptable. Good for when you're out on an adventure. I I find the group oriented one very interesting because if we think back to the first movie, he doesn't seem like he plays well with others, at least initially. And I think we see him kind of grow throughout the course of the series. I'm also thinking back to the flashback scene in The Crimes of Grindelwald when Lita comes across him and he's kind of holed up in that little alcove at Hogwarts and he's doing his own thing and he's with his beasts. So uh, I think this is a trait probably that he grows into over time. I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. I think especially once he finds his people, once he finds people who are just like, he's a lone wolf, but not because he's the only one who can, it's because he's alone and caring the way that he does about the things. So I think- you know, we see his friendship with Jacob, one of the things we're going to be talking about during the character discussion, um, grow into this, I think, real genuine appreciation and respect for Jacob as a person. So I think there's that team aspect really coming coming out of its shell, kind of. Yeah. I don't think he's had the opportunity to be a part of a team. Mm. And maybe in, at Hogwarts, Lita was really his only team member. But now Newt might be the best and, you know, reach his full potential in a group. I'm interested to see how that plays out. So here's some other things. When I looked up uh, Pisces, it talked about youthful trauma. <laughs> Just the regular, oh. <laughs> regular old, well, specifically February 24th. Uh, and this is, oh. yeah, specifically February 24th. So it goes into the exact date. And I'm pretty sure I got this from astrologyzodiacscience.com. Um, and it says that a person on the uh, born on the 24th of February seems to be petrified or turned into stone by pain they once felt. 
This is a typical protective mechanism, and it is hard for them to realize that there's something wrong with their newfound approach, especially if they built their walls years ago while they were still children. And uh, to the listeners at home, if you do this, if you felt this, we have better help to help you with this, uh, but <laughs> Newt does not. And it's been very interesting when I think about this read of you know the Pisces horoscope to talk about just what happened with Newt and Lita. Um, and I think he really does have these walls. And if I could point to a moment in the first film, it's really when Queenie is talking to Newt uh, and about about Lita. And it's a very sensitive topic. And he says, please don't read my mind. And, and she says, you know, she was a taker. You need a giver, sweetie. Um, and it's just this idea of like whatever happened in his childhood has shaped Newt, perhaps to be a little antisocial even as a result yeah. of this. And he's had to put up walls. So you mentioned Lita. Do you think this could be the expulsion from Hogwarts? Because this is still kind of like a foggy area for us. We know he was expelled from Hogwarts. We don't know if he, he was ever brought back. We do know that Dumbledore tried to keep him at Hogwarts. Remember, this isn't when he was a headmaster yet, the headmaster yet. Could that be the traumatic event that we're thinking yeah. of? <sighs> yeah, I think, you know, if his loyalty to beasts uh, was put up against his loyalty to people and he chose an uncomfortable situation for him, but which would result in the saving life of a beast, I'm not saying he'd ever do something different. But I think that that comes at a cost if he mm. kind of um, sabotaged his own education at Hogwarts as a result of saving Beast or keeping up someone else's public appearance. I think that that would be that self-sacrificial nature. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely tied to Lita in some way, shape or form, whether it's this specific event getting expelled from Hogwarts or some other falling out that happened between the two of them. I think that this experience that we're talking about definitely ties back to her in some way because it seems like she was the love of his life, essentially, and he got crushed in some way. I think mm. Lita is definitely a part of it, but I don't think Lita's all of it. I think we see before Newt gets expelled that he feels othered in school and ostracized and even alone. Um, we see, you know, really small clips of Lita and Newt's relationship growing um, in Crimes of Grindelwald. But truthfully, I feel as though Newt probably felt super alone in school and like people didn't understand him. And maybe that's why he gravitated towards the beasts. Um and because they also weren't loved and beasts at that time were thought of, you know, it was kill on sight and they weren't trying to understand them. So in my personal opinion, I think that Newt's trauma sure has to do with Lita, but also has to do a lot about feeling alone and honestly, probably being the weird kid in school that maybe didn't have a lot of people to turn to. Yeah, I mean, from the scene we see in Crimes of Grindelwald of Newt's Boggart, and it's a desk. And he's like, I don't want to get stuck behind a desk job. He's already thinking about his career prospects. And it's possible. I don't know who his parents were, what they were like, but they were possibly workers at the ministry, too. So it's like you get this this kid who's like, really, what are my prospects? Do I just go sit behind a desk? And we know that his younger brother, Theseus, is more than happy to work at, at the ministry, granted as an R, but still the ministry job, Newt feeling like he didn't fit 
And that that so much so that that's his boggart is to fear a sort of a conventional nine to five is really interesting. It does point to like a, you know, a, a divergent character from the norm. Is Theseus older or younger? Because I thought he was older, oh. which would make, which would be a whole nother level having to live up to the brother. I messed that up, <laughs> but we're going to get into that. Uh, Theseus okay. is his older brother. In the first Fantastic Beasts, Newt is described as Theseus Commander, the war hero's younger brother. So Theseus is older. But the actor is younger. The actor is eight years younger than Eddie Redmayne. So... <laughs> Don't know why they did that. It's very confusing. It's going to confuse me to the end, but I genuinely <laughs> like the casting. They do look really similar, though. They they did a good job in terms of like similarities, for sure. It was interesting, Chloe, when you were talking about Newt kind of being isolated and, and kind of othered, it, it reminded me of our discussion about Snape a couple of weeks ago. Uh, obviously, there's not direct comparisons, but I think there are probably maybe some indirect comparisons that can be drawn between the two and the experiences that they had at school. Yeah, a really good example of um, maybe feeling othered and going in completely different directions <laughs> yeah. with that. I do think that Pisces are like are very emotional typically and very vulnerable to rejection. And that's just something I was thinking about in terms of what you said, Eric, about Queenie saying that he needed a giver, not a taker. That being said, Pisces hate rejection. And I wonder if it could explain like the slow burn that we get between Tina and Newt because of his lingering feelings and like uncomfortable feelings surrounding Lita, not getting over her and being rejected for his older brother. We don't know the details there, but yikes. So <laughs> I think overall more like just Newt is overall more sensitive and observant and Pisces tend to notice shifts in energy and tonal changes and they're super observant so i wonder if that is a little bit of the will they won't they with tina and newt because it is almost infuriating in some scenes the rest we know has to do with Catherine waterston's availability for filming <laughs> Uh, but right. getting into Twitter is a lit getting into uh, Newt as a character. By the way, I looked this up. It's been 230 episodes since we've last talked about Newt wow. as our main discussion. We spoke about him following the Fantastic Beasts movie back on June 5th of 2017 on MuggleCast 300. And twenty six, so he was due for a go go round and 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 check back up. In that episode, of course, famously featured Ivana Lynch, who her character Luna Lovegood is Newt Scamander's great great granddaughter. I think it's one great, one great, one great. Okay, great granddaughter through her marriage to his. Great I mean, grandson. she's great, great, but just this one great in this case. Great, great. I'm saying she, she, yes, she nice. Yes, Ivana is great, great. We get it. Yes. <laughs> Got it. Uh, through her marriage to Rolf Scamander, um, uh -huh. who shares the name. So uh, the only other thing that we covered on 326 that I'd like to bring forward here, once again, is Newt's name origin. Uh, Newt, of course, is a type of lizard-like amphibian. Uh, Fido, it's Newton Artemis Fido Scamander. Fido always reminds me of like a puppy. Um, True. But yeah. <laughs> Latin-wise, uh, faithful fidelity comes from that. Scamander kind of sounds like Salamander, but his first middle name, Artemis. Chloe, you have a, an interesting point here. I loved this. I did not know that this was Newt's full name. I didn't even know that we had that information. 
I love that Newt is named after a goddess. I think it's atypical, just like Newt as a character. And I think it speaks to Newt's nurturing nature, which tends to be thought of as more feminine towards his creatures. He's literally their mother. I think there might even be a line in the first Fantastic Beasts when um, Jacob and Newt are in the case and Newt literally calls himself his creature's mother. But I think this is brilliant and it's not something I've seen before. And I kind of did a double take when I saw it because I love, first of all, obviously all of his names are so perfect and on point. It's like his mom thought that he would come out as magic zoologist that, you know, has I'm trust issues. He doesn't but... <laughs> feel pigeonholed, to be honest. With a name right, like Newt's Commander, exactly. where do you go? Maybe he did. Literally. Yeah, yeah he probably, but I just thought that was brilliant. Yeah. Artemis, of course, being the goddess of the hunt, but also the wilderness and taming wild animals. Yep, that's pigeonholing all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that with my kid one day. Give him some <laughs> names or her some names to describe them to make Super them take on some sort of path. Yeah, I love that. I mean, she who must not be named has quite a history of pigeonholing through names and being so literal. So it's not I mean, that if you look surprising. up Remus Lupin, that guy had his right, entire exactly. life. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Professor Sprout, come <laughs> on. I just, it's just like, could we please kinda, a little bit? I would bit? call it more Easter eggs than pigeonholing from a writer perspective. Sprout is an Easter egg for the herbology yeah. teacher. Well, the craziest thing is that I, as a uh, 14-year-old, didn't catch on to it. So... Sprout. Yeah, yeah, I mean, right. honestly, like you see it, you kind of think about it in the back of your head. But I, I think I'm with you, Eric. I was like, oh, 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 oh. valid. Yeah. I know as adults, we can look back and be like, oh, that's so obvious. Yeah. But yeah. when we first read it, probably not. Yeah, I agree with Chloe. There's so many professors like that. Good. No, like <laughs> Professor Vector teaches what? Arithmetic? Vectors and yeah, diet, yeah. Mm -hmm. There have been criticisms that the naming of characters has been pretty lazy. Wait, let's see. Okay. Really? If we were if we were all teachers at Hogwarts at a magic school, what would our last names say about me? I'm obviously Dark Arts with a name like Skull. Uh Andrew <laughs> teaches um The Sims uh, video game. Video how to play the Sims video, game. <laughs> the video games. Mike is the Christmas teacher. Um <laughs> Oh, that makes total sense. I'd be herbology, <laughs> and Andrew would be Muggle studies. Oh, well, there you go. I I have no idea Corey, what's what you the etymology make my name. Of, of your name. Yeah, what's the Laverson? Oh, uh, it's uh, a Jewish last name that was changed to hide that it was Jewish. So, <laughs> I <laughs> I really could not. So, transfiguration of disguises would be. There you go. There we <laughs> go. Perfect. I would love to teach that. I would rock that. <laughs> awesome. I would love to take points from people and give points to people. That the feels power would go to your, that was such a Slytherin thing head. for me to yeah, say. That's very, yeah. <laughs> very shocking. That's why I would become a teacher, not to teach or enrich students, but for the power. <laughs> <laughs> so let's actually talk uh, again, going back to Newt Scamander, just about his relationships with other characters in Crimes of Grimland. Because I feel like we know he's the hero of this series, the Fantastic Beast series. As long as Dumbledore and Grindelwald don't keep encroaching on his screen time, he is the hero of this series. So I thought basically to look at the second installment, which we all agree has a lot going on, um, might be best to break it down into bite-sized bits. 
So we did get the name drop of Theseus Scamander in the first film, but we never met him until Crimes of Grindelwald, where he's played by Callum Turner, again, a younger actor, but older character. And we kind of got a little glimpse into what the dynamic is like between Newt and Theseus and actually another characters between them as well in Lita. Now, I don't have a brother. I know, Micah, you have a brother. Do you feel like Theseus and Newt's brotherly relationship in this film is a good portrayal or some tension there? Did you feel anything like that while watching these two on screen? I think so. I, I think they have a, a pretty standard brotherly dynamic. Uh, and I think the interesting thing is that at the start of the film, they're very much, it's not that they're at opposite ends with each other, but they're certainly not on, I would say, regular speaking terms with each other. But once we finally get to the graveyard at the end of the second film, it's very, very clear. He even tells Newt that he has to choose a side, right? And Newt chooses that side and hugs him, right? He shows emotion for one of the first times, physical emotion um, in, in the in the film. So yeah, I think you it's 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 a dynamic that hopefully will evolve even more in in the next film. I know Andrew has a brother too, so I'm curious yeah. what he thinks. It does feel pretty standard for me. I think when you're younger, you're at odds over things, sometimes silly things. And then as you age up, you grow out of it, hopefully. And yes, they were at odds at the beginning of Crimes of Grindelwald with Newt not wanting to take a side. He's the he's the peace and love dude. He loves animals. He doesn't want to fight. He just wants to chill with the animals in the woods and not get involved <laughs> in any battle. And then by the end of the movie, he's committed to taking a stand. And that's what's so standard about their relationship to me. From a storytelling perspective, I think it's fair to call it average in terms of the arc. I I'm gonna oh, I go wanted ahead. to ask you, Chloe, too, but I, I want to know what you think also about the Lita dynamic in all of this, because I'm sure it it factors I in, in some way. I was about to say, I mean, this seems typical to you. I think it's really complicated. <laughs> I mean, both brothers in love with the same girl. Well, that's that part, gotta add some tension. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I mean, did that happen to you, Andrew? Surely not. <laughs> so I'm just a little like I can't. I mean, I'm sure this does happen in real life, but it seems a little more complicated than a typical relationship. Also, they do have very opposing views when it comes to the ministry. And like I said before, I think there is probably added tension, just Theseus being so successful, being a war hero, and being older, and Newt probably being in his shadow, and also the added... um awkwardness of people not thinking that his job is valuable or, you know, wondering why he didn't stay at the ministry. I just think that um, their relationship is complicated. Lita, obviously, probably the most complicated part. But, you know, Newt is anti-ministry almost. And I there's a point that we might talk about later on, but he literally is so against the ministry's way of handling things and Theseus is a ministry employee, and he tells Newt that the ministry's watching him, which I think is actually the most like brotherly thing he does in that scene is give him a warning because yeah. you know that's family, but yeah, I'd say the relationship's a little a little complicated yeah it's it's reminiscent, not the 
brotherly dynamic, but the family dynamic with what happens with the Weasleys, right? Where you have Arthur, who is very much, even though he works at the ministry, he's not a ministry guy. Whereas Percy mm-hmm. becomes like the ultimate True. ministry uh, official and even does similar things, right? Doesn't he send a letter to Ron telling him to stay away from Harry? Yeah. 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 Uh, but I'm I'm very interested to see too. Now we have two pairs of brothers, right? We have Newt and Theseus, who we've gotten to know a little bit. But now in Secrets of Dumbledore, I'm really interested to see the Albus and Aberforth dynamic and how that plays yes, out. Yeah, me that too. will be tense. That will be tenser than Newt and uh, Theseus, I think. Yeah, I love <laughs> the direction they went to. They said, "Yeah, we're gonna make them both really hot." doesn't make sense because 15 years, 20 years late, whatever, how many years later he's supposed to have a long beard and wear robes. I just think it's hysterical that they both were like, we'll make them really hot. That'll get people watching. Have you seen that meme comparing Jude Law's Albus to the flashback version of Gambit's? It's two two separate series. They didn't plan for this. They They didn't know. know. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, they did know. I absolutely think this is intentional. They were like, more people are going to watch if it's Jude Law and they're sexy. It's no, true. I'm saying That's when they shot, genuinely the I'm truth. I'm saying when they shot the Dumbledore flashback scenes, they didn't know at the time oh, they would do yeah. a Fantastic Beast series true. with Dumbledore. And yeah, <laughs> otherwise they, they think- would have got they would have optioned Jude Law very early for that. Right. Um, you don't think they could have made Michael Gammon sexy? <laughs> Rude. I think they could have, but well, I'm terrified to think what that might look like. Did they want to? Yeah. Anyway, this is yeah. besides the point. So, well, I was interested in talking about Newt's sort of pacifism here because you get in, it, very early on in Crimes of Grindelwald that he does not want to be lumped in with the ministry. He does not like their way of doing things. That said, in movie one, he is 100% on board for capturing Grindelwald. This whole sides thing is more of, you know, it's politicking, but ultimately it's the side of good versus whatever Grindelwald's trying to do. And so I'm surprised that Newt is so hesitant to jump on board with everyone that's trying to get rid of Grindelwald because Newt is responsible for the unmasking of Grindelwald at the end of the first film. He was very... Um, he doesn't love regulations, but he still follows them all the way to the point of making sure Jacob's memory does get wiped as well at the end of the first film. So he's not not aligned aligned with the ministry. I think it kind of gets back to what I was saying earlier. He doesn't want to fight. He just kind of wants to stay out of it and let things fall the way they might. But of course, by the end of the movie, he's thinking very differently. Yeah. And, you know, wrapping up Theseus here real quick, the as far as whether one brother is possessive of Lita. I don't think we get that necessarily. It's weird to try and define. I feel like the the script wants to present it as though they're sour about the whole issue, but really the only thing I can think of that would indicate there was any, forgive me for saying this, Chloe, territorialness surrounding Lita, who's her own person, by the way, confident, very... um, confident capable which nice disclaimer <laughs> was when she says to them at the end i love you and the camera shows that she could be talking to either of the brother that's where i was like oh the, they're wedging the cinematography they really pushed that that's called they really art, did. The, i know the film style the zooming in on lita's face when new and lita are talking and it's all very it it seems like they're pushing it almost and <laughs> to Andrew's point about, you know, 
violence versus not violence. I think that this is like, and the sides thing, I think it's so bizarre. And I really want to like chalk it up to bad writing. I'm to be honest with you. And I think a lot of this movie, sure. But Newt did pick a side. And he also is fine with his brother being with Lita. I think that there's definitely he's fine with it, right? Like whatever happened between Lita and Newt, he seems to like he's a little like, sure, maybe still feels a little bit of butterflies about Lita, like in the beginning. But I feel it's young love. He's not. Mm. He's right? not possessive. It's your first love. Yeah. It's not yeah, Theseus's it's... initials carved into that desk. I'm just saying. Uh, that's what counts, right? But it's carved. It's carved into a desk when they were kids, right? Oh. When they were kids, and it's like your first love. Hey, and I think you always harbor harbor feelings for that person. You don't know what happened before the camera came in. Lita could have just carved it in right then and there before. <laughs> oh. Killing time. You're right. You're Still so right, my guy. I apologize. But I, I've always seen Newt as more of like a Charlie Weasley character where he really just cares about the animals. Like that's that's his life. That and, and not people at all. Not no, not that he doesn't care about people, but like his and maybe that's part of what this whole series is about, is that he's evolving in a way to care about people just as much as he does about animals. But I think Ooh. when we're first introduced to him, that's who he cares about. He yeah. cares about the beast. That's where he's formed his relationships. And there's not saying that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that maybe that's initially why he's not as, or at least we don't see him being as broken up um, about Lita, or at least with Theseus being with Lita. Normally mm. you would expect a little bit more of like headbutting going on between these two, yeah. right? Like, yeah. If it, under normal circumstances. He seems to have accepted it almost. And that is really surprising. And it does say a lot about Newt's character. And I think that he, and maybe I should put a disclaimer that I don't think Lita is a beast, but I think that maybe Newt approached his relationship with Lita the same way he approached his relationship with beasts. I think that's an interesting guess mm-hmm. that's yeah yeah that's pretty interesting because he didn't really based on what we've seen didn't really know how to form relationships with people and he admits that even in the first film to jacob that he's never been good with people so i wonder if that's how he formed his connection with lita and it you know there's a lingering um lingering remnants of that even though she's with his brother yeah I think that's a really good point. Now, given I the- also will just say, sorry, yeah. I don't think it's at all. It's not even necessary to the plot that they did that. I don't know what other people <laughs> feel about that. But oh, about the triangle? Yeah, it's. To- I, I don't. Anyway, well, I it's guess a we'll lot. See. There's a lot of things in this movie well, that don't seem around. necessary to the plot. Well, the quite yeah, right. Exactly. If, if she doesn't appear again, that is a huge problem. But. I think there's could be more to this story. I still think she might come back. Maybe not in this next movie, but four or five. You're really holding on to that. I know. There you goes well, Optimus <laughs> Andrew again. Yeah, I really want that too, just because otherwise they blew a huge chance. Um, and actually, that I mean, because we knew from the inside jacket of the second edition of Fantastic Beasts that came out, the book for comic relief, that Newt was expelled over a jabber jabber jay jabber no i'm jarvy mockingbird a jarvy jarvy thinking mockingbird which apparently is like just a rodent that curses or says inappropriate things 
Yeah, hard to say. And or, eats gnomes. So or is some, a trickster, I don't know. Some incident, like Andrew, you alerted to this. It was it, There was some misunderstanding and yes. Newt took the fall. For Lita's incident with the Jarvie. Yes. Correct. It was but probably his Jarvie. The, the time to show this would have been in this film. We're not going to get another time where there's going to be a better way to explain what Newt and Lita's relationship, these two characters are in this film, especially if this is Lita's last film in the entry, in the franchise. I don't think Lita, at least Zoe Kravitz, is not going to be in this film. She was filming Batman. We can definitely say that that <laughs> is not a thing. But maybe younger um, Lita, oh, right? Yeah, so they might have more flashbacks. That could be an option. Again, though, I'm like, this needs to lead somewhere. Maybe it shows why Dumbledore was such a strong advocate for mm. Newt. But again, it, it really seems like a subplot that's trying to like make it more dramatic like ooh, the brothers loved the same girl like whatever yeah i have more <laughs> thoughts but in the interest of time <laughs> we can leave it there did you see what court said did y'all see what court said in the discord that's why he was expelled how the hell did the golden trio make it <laughs> six years <laughs> so oh true. my gosh well it, so true yeah. They lax because it's Harry Potter. <laughs> they lax their rules uh, between the thirties and the or the teens and the nineties, uh, or just made exceptions for Harry every time. Yeah. So if we want to entertain the tiny little bit of like romance here in this triangle that's been forced down our throats as audience members, what is it about Lita and Theseus? What works? We do see them briefly at the Ministry interacting her and Theseus. So. You know, what do we get from uh, Zoe Kravitz's performance about Lita as a character and also her relationship with Newt and Newt's brother? I don't know. This I don't think so we weird. see much of it. Yeah. yeah. It's so yeah. weird. Like, I'm trying to think why she fell for Theseus in the first place. Is it because they look like each other? They they like are literally opposites, in my opinion, based on what we've seen. So I'm I'm not following how she could have liked the both of them. Do you think people have a type? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they're both really hot, like Amanda said in the Discord. <laughs> oh, nice. That's why, apparently. But let's talk about another male relationship in uh, Newt's life, and that is possibly the most important one, at least the most pivotal one for the plot of this film, and no doubt the future films. It's his relationship with Dumbledore. Um, Dumbledore has turned out to be the mastermind between Newt's going to New York and is certainly the mastermind of Newt going to Paris. And the interesting thing, this being a prequel to the Harry Potter series, is uh, the author can really experiment with this idea. We now know who Dumbledore is. We now know that Dumbledore is a master manipulator who questionably cares about the people he's in charge, uh, entrusted with looking after or directing where to go. We know that he's sort of a Machiavelli character. So the interesting thing is that Newt, being an adult, you know, not being like a 16, 17-year-old boy who doesn't know what's going on, can actually confront Dumbledore on these issues. And so I was thrilled to see there were actually some accusations that Newt said to Dumbledore. And did, did we all kind of just like leap in our hearts when we heard Newt kind of yeah. talking back to Dumbledore? It yeah, and I hate to describe it this way, but it almost feels like fan service because after reading the Harry Potter books, we do want to shake and yell at Dumbledore sometimes. So finally here, somebody's actually pushing back against Dumbledore. 
you know, before the end of the story. Newt's doing it pretty early. You have this quote here. You told me where to find that traffic Thunderbird Dumbledore. You knew that I would take him home and you knew I'd have to take him through a muggle port. With all due respect, I don't believe for a minute that's why you told me about the Thunderbird. It's just so refreshing to hear somebody confront Newt or Dumbledore. And this is one of the better aspects of the Fantastic Beast film series. Mm-hmm. We're not following students at Hogwarts. We're following older characters throughout the story. All of them are older. And then you get great scenes like this, thanks to that. Well, to Micah's point earlier, I think it's another connection between Newt and Snape. Snape is the only person, from what I remember, that calls Dumbledore out Mm -hmm. for being a major manipulator and being the chess player. So I, I do love that. I do agree. I think it's a fan service, but I think that... I think that that's really awesome that Newt and Snape both call him out on his BS. And I also think that it's true that Newt prefers Dumbledore's methods to the ministries. We see that the ministry leads with violence and Dumbledore doesn't. So Newt is still, even though he know he's he knows he's being manipulated, he's still going to go with Dumbledore's way because at least it's not the ministry's way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm just very – I, I want to know why Newt has such a high level of trust in Dumbledore. What is it about their relationship? Or And all like on the flip side, why does Dumbledore have so much trust in Newt? There's clearly something that connected the two of them together, and he has a lot of trust to be sending him over to the US, not after Frank, but after – Credence, really. I mean, that's the whole reason why he's sending him over there in the first place. He needs somebody in New York that can, you know, track in parallel path with with Grindelwald. And I just think that hopefully we get more of this information. Why why these two are so joined at the hip? Um, because right now it it's kind of just there's there's nothing there. Well. I think getting back to what I said a few minutes ago, Dumbledore strongly argued against Newt's expulsion. Did I bring that up yet? I think I did. So so Newt respects him for that. He's grateful to him for that. Chloe was also just mentioning that Dumbledore has a style that's different from the Ministries. Newt, too, doesn't like playing by the Ministry book. Exactly. Like his brother Theseus does. So they both want to go off the beaten path. I think Dumbledore sees in Newt uh, a wholesome wizard, a genuinely good person. He probably really admires the fact that Newt cares so deeply about animals. That says a lot about somebody. Mm-hmm. Newt's not in it for collecting them. He has a good heart. So yeah, I, th- I think there's more pieces to this puzzle that we'll see. Yeah. But I think those are a couple big ones so far. I think there's layers to their relationship, right? I mean, Dumbledore was obviously Newt's teacher. He might look up to him as a mentor, as a teacher role. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he stood up for him against his expulsion. I also think that there's a lot of parallels between Newt and Hagrid. I mean, I think Dumbledore understands Newt more than probably other, maybe more ordinary wizards might. um, Dumbledore understands Newt's thought process, and also Dumbledore understands 
understands that there's benefits to caring and understanding these beasts probably more than the other wizards, like I said, that are just willing and wanting to kill them. So I think that Newt probably found comfort in Dumbledore at school and still does. So I definitely think that there's trust there and clearly enough trust for Newt to call him out, which takes a lot. That takes a good relationship typically, or at least, you know, a lot of time spent together for him to understand what Dumbledore is doing. Oh, yeah. And then Dumbledore just keeps on doing it. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's the thing. Part of me finds it very hard to be having this conversation about how, you know, there's some sort of element that bonded these two together when we know how much of a manipulator Dumbledore actually is. So is he doing Mm. it because he truly cares about Newt or is he doing it because he knows the right levers to push in order to get Newt to do what he needs him to do? Yeah, possibly. It's it's both, I think, just like it was with Harry. You could argue that Dumbledore cared about Harry and knew what buttons to push and that's what he's doing with Newt. He did it with Newt first, apparently. Yeah. You, what I love about that moment that, that showcases the, this uh, discussion point is uh, when he just straight up out of nowhere says to Newt, do you know why I admire you, Newt? And he's like, sorry, what? <laughs> and he's like, more than any man I know, possibly. And it's just like, you ask if a thing is right. It's just mm. I, all I could think of in the uh, moment. Manipulation, manipulation, manipulation. Yeah. <laughs> he's such a because charmer. Nobody ever tells he knows Newt, exactly what to nobody say. Nobody ever tells yeah. Newt that they, nobody that Newt respects tells him that they respect him or admire him. And so Dumbledore might not even feel that way, but he's going to say it because it gets him to be pliant. But what I find so interesting about that is like, that's totally Tom Riddle charm. That's, that's mm. Grindelwald charm. Like it, it's just coming through in a character that we all, for the most part, happen to like. So we kind of look past it. Well, Dumbledore is gray. He's the gray area, just like Snape is in this franchise, right? Are we comparing Dumbledore... every character in this episode to Snape? No, <laughs> not, I guess that's not my intention at all. But I just think that Dumbledore, in the end, chose the right side, but he did a lot of wrong things to get there. Yeah. And he does have the charm that Grindelwald has, and that's how he's gotten so far ahead. So, yeah, I think Mike is right. Like, he's absolutely like Tom Riddle, just like Harry's like Tom Riddle in a lot of ways. I mean, all these characters have so many similarities when it comes to how they approach certain things. So I, I don't know. I think I think it says a lot, this conversation between Newt and Dumbledore. To recap, I guess it does feel refreshing that Newt takes that pill of being used by Dumbledore and swallows it willingly. He's like, yes, this is happening to me, but it's a means to an end, as opposed to not being let in to like what's really going on. So that makes it easier for an audience to watch. And then if Dumbledore was banking on Newt's unusual behavior, his love for animals uh, and the Fantastic Beasts to get him across the finish line in terms of defeating Grindelwald, look no further than the end of Crimes of Grindelwald to discover that it was one of Newt's beasts, Teddy, apparently, who, not Lupin, (laughs) that actually retrieves the blood pact and Newt drops it right into Dumbledore's hands as a result of that. So Dumbledore's bet is paying off on his bet on Newt. Do you think Teddy Not Lupin is the Niffler's full name? Teddy Not Lupin, (laughs) yeah. Well, I'm excited to talk about sort of the biggest friend that Newt has, um, because again, he is sort of an antisocial person. But Newt just melts when Jacob Kowalski is in the room. And I find this to be quite a lovely thing. 
But there's also this loyalty, again, a puff trait, possibly a Pisces trait. Um, I've forgotten all the traits, Chloe, sorry. But, you know, <laughs> he does the right thing from the get-go because when Jacob is first in the room, Newt sees that he's been hoodwinked, that he's been put under Queenie's love spell, which we've talked about on both the Queenie episode and the Jacob episode. But Newt makes Queenie, he asks her nicely, and then he presses the issue, you've got to undo this. And if you don't, I will. And she doesn't, he does. And so he sees somebody is harming his friend or possibly, you know, causing harm, removing the agency of Jacob, and he fixes it. And that's that's a good buddy. That's a good buddy right there. And, you know, their uh, jaunts and, and runnings around in movie two only further solidify that actually Newt and Jacob are very good friends. I love their friendship. It's so wholesome. <laughs> yeah, they're both very wholesome people. The the wholesome True. muggle entering the wizarding world with the wholesome wizard. It's just too bad Jacob's going to die, but that's mm. how it goes sometimes. Jeez, <laughs> no, I, I, okay, Laura. <laughs> no, that's my theory. <laughs> Is it really? I feel like Laura's yeah. much more strong oh, maybe she about it. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, Look, yeah, Chloe she knows, agree. Andrew, don't question her. She listens to like everything we say 50 I times. I know. She does. In a, in a she loop does. in my head, your voices, truly. <laughs> we live rent free, as you told us. At least you guys have nice voices. Thank you. What I like about their relationship so much is just there seems to be no judgment at all between the two of them. They just accept each other for who they are and they get along really, really well. I is there ever a time they even fight with each other? That maybe that's coming in this movie. Oh, that'll be that will break my heart. Me too. Yeah. Do not speak that into existence, Micah. <laughs> I don't know if Jacob is going to face a fight right now. He's already fighting with Queenie. I don't know if they're going to give him another a, a fight. He's already a new wizard. He has to learn all the spells. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unless he starts wearing a horcrux, maybe he'll start oh my fighting gosh. with people. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think they both seen each other down and out. They both seen each other vulnerable yeah. to use a V word, mm -hmm. um, and gotten through it together. Uh, yeah, I think their just their friendship is one truly for the ages. Yeah, they're besties. I mean, they talk about girls too. Like Jacob gives Newt advice about Tina. Um, Newt stands up for Jacob when he's. I think that was your point, Eric, that you put in the doc, but that. Mm. He stands up for Jacob when he's under the love potion. I think these two just look out for each other and they also like just are funny together. It's probably my favorite part of this film franchise, their friendship. Yeah, it, it works really well. I don't think they should have jettisoned the female leads in order to tell the story of Newton Jacob, but that's what they did anyway. <laughs> but it definitely works. Yeah, <laughs> that's not the best there's a lot of problematic things to talk about, about the women and how they portray them in this series. But this this relationship, they did good. <laughs> there, and there was a note about Jacob's horoscope here. Well, OK, so there it's muggle cast canon that National Bagel Day, January 15th, is Jacob's birthday. It is. Yes. Right. Not just muggle sorry, cast canon. That's, that's just canon. Real. That's, that's canon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Totally. Sorry. Um, which would make him a Capricorn, and which I think is really interesting. Pisces and Capricorns are both super smart. And it says, you know, in my astrology book that I love, that if their friendship, stay, their friendship will stay strong as long as they open up to each other and are vulnerable with each other, which literally just is based Good. on what you just said, Eric. They are vulnerable with each other. They open up to each other. 
And they're opposites because one is like super extroverted and likable and one is more of an introverted outcast, but they complement each other really well. And Newt's strengths are Jacob's weaknesses and vice versa. So I, I think that we were really spot on with this canon <laughs> National Bagel yeah. Day birthday. Good. It, it was just meant to be. But yeah, I think I look forward to seeing this relationship further solidified in the third movie. It might be a big moment for Jacob getting that wand, real or not. And I guess there is also the question of like who actually invites Jacob onto this journey with them. It is probably a safe bet to assume Newt is involved with that decision somehow. So that'll further uh, solidify the trust and bond between them. Do you think Dumbledore asked Jacob and Dumbledore is manipulating Jacob too? I can't wait to see how this is all explained because (laughs) (laughs) if Dumbledore has to ask him, I don't know why that would be. So uh, one memorable scene, of course, from Crimes of Grindelwald is (laughs) Newt prepping the line salamander ice to jacob he's like no that is horrible i think it's so cute i think it's so cute i couldn't disagree with jacob more because tina knows that newt loves beasts Uh, yeah yeah, we know it works (laughs) and you know what yeah well actually i really genuinely think it does kind of work and maybe this transitions nicely into our next character tina Tina. so the salamander line while yes it's corny it's cringy you know in relationships when you're in the privacy of your own home and your own room with bay oh i can't wait you say things that are a little hokey from time to time and it's your (laughs) in joke that's their in joke going forward okay salamander eyes Hey, salamander don't sometimes when you're in a relationship with somebody they you assign them an emoji an otter, for example. Yes. There's little inside <laughs> jokes, okay? You assign yeah. people emojis. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to asking follow-up questions about that. Yes, <laughs> I'm the, giving each of you an emoji by giving, the end of this episode. It's giving millennial yeah. is what it's giving. Well, Andrew is my plant daddy, so. I was about <laughs> oh, to right. ask that if Andrew has a plant emoji next to his name. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, the, <laughs> the thing is, this whole salamander eyes comes down to Newt paying attention to Tina and noticing that thing about her, that her dark eyes and and what they remind him of. He's engaging with his perception of this person. You know, if you're really into this guy like Tina is, that's adorable. And that's something that is very affirming to have the person, like your crush come back to you and say, I've noticed this about the color of your eyes, no matter what it is. Now, granted, if she had said your eyes are as green as a fresh pickled toad, she'd be like, what? Sorry, that's a little <laughs> you know, awkward. Nice. Ginny <laughs> um, got it wrong when she was uh, 11. But uh, I think that, you know, it just speaks to Newt's level of attention and focus on a human, which Tina knows is rare, and she can't help but be touched by it. You know, contrived misunderstandings of the plot aside with the whole writing party, book release party and, and you know, Lita being his love interest, whatever, whatever. All that aside, when they do clear up their differences, the very brief moments on screen together, they work well together. And we know that they're going to get married eventually. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm touched by the salamander thing. This was definitely one of those relationships that suffered from the writing 
I, I think that where we left them versus where we find them at the start of the second film are totally opposite ends of the spectrum without really any explanation whatsoever. And the explanation we do get is really flimsy, mm-hmm. <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, and these are supposed to be, presumably, they, they do get married, right? Um, yeah. And, and have and children have and have a family. Measles together. <laughs> oh, measles, I'm sorry. Yeah. Children, measles, same thing. <laughs> I'm just curious, maybe it's not really essential to the plot moving forward, but this this is also, this goes to the discussion that we've had about how we started with these core four characters and now we've totally pivoted to the focus of the films really being about Credence and Dumbledore and Grindelwald. And that's probably what it's going to be moving forward. So- that to me, that's just it's a little bit disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious when they're going to bring you know that relationship back and you know get to the point where we feel as though these people could be sh- married. I'm super uninterested in the relationship, which maybe that's unpopular opinion, but I just don't think it's interesting at all. And I thought that the end of the first movie was really cute. And then they picked it up and I was like, oh, I hate this. I hate where they're going with this. Um, And I just don't think there's like a spark between them. I really love Tina's character. I just don't love them together. And I hope that they change my mind in future films. Obviously not this one, unless they're going to surprise us with Tina. But I just think that this relationship could have been so much more and they really fumbled the ball. I think part of the problem why this isn't too intriguing is because we know that they already that they are going to get married. So it's like there's no will they won't they element doesn't know that. No, that's true. Yeah. I, that's the only thing yeah. I would push back on is if you're if you're sort of the casual fan or the, going to see this movie just because it's it's a movie that, you know, you're it's a Friday night, you're going to see a movie, you don't know that. I mean, so uh, yeah, I, I just feel like they started this whole thing and they're like, "Yeah, well, this is not important, yeah. so we're going to kind of write it right around it." I'd argue Well, and it also has to be mentioned that Tina is not in the character posters for Fantastic Beasts 3. And yet the Niffler is. What does that tell you about <laughs> People Fantastic People are mad Beast about 3? it too. The Niffler actually got a promotion. We know his name now. <laughs> it tells you that Tina will be barely in Fantastic Beasts 3. I think we asked somebody who did tell us that she is in it, but I think it's a very, very minor appearance. So you have to assume that in that very minor appearance, her and Newt aren't certainly going to have yeah. fireworks all of a sudden. Well, I mean, honestly, I think Micah's point about the casual moviegoer, the casual fan not knowing that they get married makes it worse because I don't yeah. see how they could get there right now based on their connection and their chemistry and what we've seen. So it's it's kind of like if you don't know they get married, then you're kind of watching it and being like, do these people even just like belong together so i think during our recent tina episode i diagnosed the problem in their relationship and it was uh, they don't communicate they weren't nobody talked <laughs> to each other about the miscommunication right. misunderstanding so they just need to do that in future films if they have screen time together they just need to communicate and then mm-hmm. i think we'll be sold by the performance of the these oscar-winning actors to you know, be into each other again. Right. Mm-hmm. No, they're good actors. I think it's the writing and, you know, maybe the director too. 
since this may be our last character discussion uh, prior to the new movie, let's talk about Newt's relationship with Bunty. Kind of, um, I don't know, like a trope, but it's the comical, you know, Newt's assistant who mm-hmm. has all these feelings for him, but he is too oblivious to notice. And also he doesn't notice girls anyway. <laughs> um, you know, where is there to go? I guess there's nowhere to go but up. She seems True. competent. You know, the fact that she's going to be along for the journey in three, I think we're going to, she might start to accept that Newt will never notice her. You know, the second movie, the few minutes we get with her, she's very um, enthusiastic about being in Newt's presence. But I think that's going to evolve into something maybe more enjoyable. I hope so. Mm. Yusuf, Auntie and Yusuf. <laughs> that's so out of left field. Yusuf. <laughs> I'm calling it now. Yusuf. <laughs> There has to be an end game for Bunty. Like, Yunty. what is she getting out of this? Especially now we see in the Secrets of Dumbledore trailer that she is going on this adventure with Newt and Jacob and Theseus mm. and uh, Lally. Lally. Yeah. There. So there had like, is Newt promising her something? Maybe like you'll get to be a manager in my suitcase. I was she's the I, like, only employee. I hope she's a manager. Wink wink. <laughs> well, like you'll get a prom- you'll get a promotion, you'll get a I don't know. I just feel like there has to be something because I do feel really bad for Bunty. She's treated like garbage. She's yes. a joke. Yes. <laughs> amongst the fandom she and had on this 30 podcast. seconds of screen time and now yeah. she's got her own poster. Well, Mike is suggesting that um, Newt and Bunty have an affair before Newt ends up with <laughs> Tina. I just wow, I hate not an this affair. trope. Okay, sorry. A thing, whatever. A sidetrack, a, a fling. I I hate this trope, and I'm so over it. I think this franchise yeah. uses so many tropes and stereotypes, but the nerdy guy who likes a the nerdy girl who likes a guy out of her league is so overdone. And it's just, can we stop, please? Because Bunty is clearly passionate about beasts. And she's clear, clearly knowledgeable and capable. So why can't we focus on that? I just don't understand why she needs to be thirsting after her boss. We've already talked about this, but Newt's obviously hot. Like, it's not like new news. And I don't I don't think it's funny, and I know it's supposed to be comic relief, but it doesn't land. So I really hope in Secrets of Dumbledore, they actually use her and give her character more substance because Newt is very protective over his beasts, and clearly Bunty has impressed him and knows her stuff. So let's highlight that. It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal that he's found somebody who cares and is capable with the beasts the way that he is, especially because Newt is kind of xenophobic with other people. He's like, no, people just kind of want to kill. Yeah. So yeah. Bunty gets That's him. what I'm yeah. saying. Yusuf, the two the two of them can bond on this trip. Right, Maybe the fan Bunty fic, steps Micah. in, saves, <laughs> saves Yusuf. Because I was going through it in my head and I was saying, well, let's see. Bunty and Albus. Nope. <laughs> but and then I went to Bunty and Aberforth and I'm like, nope, definitely not. <laughs> Why not? So, <laughs> I mean, maybe. Pre-goat, maybe. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. (laughs) Or maybe she gives him his first goat. What's that going to say? Oh, my love interest left me for a goat. (laughs) uh, No, no, no. A literal goat. Not the greatest of all time. A literal goat. Um, This podcast has gotten more unhinged without Laura here. uh, It's better than the writing of the second film. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's something to fall back on. It's like no matter how weird our episodes are. That's what I was going to say earlier, though. Like, 
talking about Bunty, it's just it shows you how wild the writing in the second film is. It's like it's just all over the place. Like yeah. they never develop Bunty beyond 30 seconds of screen time. And that's so unusual for this these creators. Right. You know. And if they keep that up for movie 3, it's going to be horrific to watch. Yeah, it's yeah. it's going to be like more of the same. They she has to have a bigger role in the third movie. And I hope Newt and Bunty have a much better professional fruitful relationship going forward. Who knows? Maybe if Bunty and Yusuf happens if what is it, Yunti or no, Busuf, you said? Um, maybe Yusuf could. <laughs> Either Yusuf one. Could, Yusuf could give her the feather in his cap. There you go. Or the worm from his eye. How about how about Bunty just like? Why does she need a love interest? Why can't exactly. she just be a no badass? man at all? Just like doing so, her own no, thing. No, I'm sorry, not in J.K. Rowling's universe. I'm sorry, <laughs> he's gonna <laughs> turn. Here's my prediction. You want you want her to stand out? She's going Team Grindelwald. Oh, oh, see, I think that's I like that more than her being with Yusuf Kam. <laughs> Newt, you don't love me, so I'm gonna go lust over Grindelwald instead. Oh. <laughs> He's got lover. phoenixes. Listen, Mads. Okay, I'm gonna stop talking about how hot everyone in this film I'm excited is. To, whatever you were about to say, I probably agree. <laughs> also, Yusuf and Bunty. That's quite the age difference. I'm like all for age differences, but that looks like 35, 40 years. Between them, she looks young. So, uh, two tiny bits about Newt's character to wrap up here. Our main discussion. Uh, the first is I did want to talk about his relationship with beasts in this film. We see that his relationship with Pickett is still very. They're very intimate. They get one another. Um, Pickett, who of course he rescued from his own family. They said that in the first film. And really, the big surprise here: Newt's competence with the Zuwu. There's just this huge, like terrifying beast a whole street full of people can't figure out what to do and newt just very competently reaches into his case pulls out the charm and boom subdued he's just a champion but it's because he cares he cares enough to learn the differences between the beasts like in the world and he's patient and i think he has what it takes yeah, and I think looking at the Secrets of Dumbledore trailer again, we see him working with beasts once more, and it'll be fun to watch his experience with the beasts and knowledge grow. I think the zoo was just the start. So to that end, do we think that the future will see Newt continuing to, you know, display that excellent knowledge of beasts? And in so doing, do we think he's going to kind of reclaim the title of main character in his series? Is with a second movie named after Grindelwald, third movie's named after Dumbledore. Whose series is this anyway? <laughs> um, do we think there's going to be a Fantastic Beasts Rise of Scamander for like the fourth one or something? I think Dumbledore and Newt are going to split that. This yeah. that's what it yeah. seems like. I also think, and I've speculated this before, Newt will be able to use the beasts to their advantage when fighting Grindelwald. I guess it seems a bit slimy because then Newt is using the beasts and putting them in danger. So that seems like a problem. But they got to tie the beasts in somehow. You got to tie that Fantastic Beasts title into the story somehow. And I think they're going to have to use beasts. So I, I, yes, I think Newt is still going to be a lead character in the story no matter how he's forked in there <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's eddie redmayne so they got it right yeah and he's the lead 
you know, he's the lead, yeah. period. Yeah. Despite the fact that Secrets of Dumbledore is 1,000 point font and Fantastic I, Beasts is 10 so point font, funny to me. it's still Newt at you the head of this. It's still it. Newt's story. I, I had to put my glasses on. <laughs> How old this is what franchise? Oh, Fantastic Beasts. Did Beast. you just okay. call I thought this me was old, Harry Potter Eric? Nine. Watch it. <laughs> with full awareness, with full self-awareness. That was why I asked that question, yes. But yeah, so, I mean, any other predictions as far as new in the future? We've seen the trailer, although not the trailer we were expecting. Uh, what, you know, we talked about Tina, his relationship with Dumbledore. Where else is it to go? I just think he's going to get closer with Theseus, maybe. Uh, make up for lost time there. Yeah. Bunty. Really True. start and to be more of a... We, we talk about characters that won't make it through the series. I think Theseus is definitely at the top of the list. It's People likely, keep yeah. throwing out Jacob, but I, I think that he's definitely somebody who could... Why do y'all want people to die? <laughs> we don't just, want them to die. It's just how it goes. It's very We're easy talking about for writers to... what the future holds for, for Newt. I, that would be something, too. I think that would really spur him into action uh, if he's ever indecisive in a moment. Uh, I, I do think the Beast will continue to play an important role. I, I, I still will hang on to that theory about how um, when they're going into that, what was it, a Tibetan time wheel? Yes, mm-hmm. um, or prayer wheel. Prayer wheel, sorry. Naturally. Uh, that they take beasts with them uh, to to help them uh, in their cause, whatever it is they're doing in their respective parts of the world. Um, yeah, I ultimately think a beast is going to play a role in the downfall of Grindelwald, right? We've talked about that before. Probably Teddy. He, it could, I mean, Teddy's already. That's what I'm saying. Teddy's been hella useful. Maybe Teddy's going to die. Sorry. I still think it has something to do with like, if it ends up being Credence, Credence, um, absorbing Grindelwald's power. And that's how Grindelwald is is defeated. Wow. I think he, he will lose his power. Straight to Nurmengard you go. I think that does it, you guys. As far as our Newt catching up character discussion, that's fun. I I love Newt. I love Eddie Redmayne. Um, I feel like the sound design can be a little bit better. Maybe he shouldn't mumble as often so I can understand him without the subtitle version. That's his thing. I know. (laughs) In every role. We did want to get him a birthday gift, right? Since it's his uh, birthday today. Yes, of course. So as a kind of a fun segment, post-discussion fun segment, what are we getting Newt for his birthday? His birthday, of course, being today, the day we're recording this, February 24th. And that uh, is canon we'll too, just like Jacob's birthday. This one is canon as well. Well, this is canon. This actually this comes is to us canon. from- yeah. This comes to us from Mina Lima, who, to whom it came from J.K. Rowling. I bought Newt a pocket protector so that Pickett doesn't soil or tear Newt's pocket Genius. on their travels. That's it's very nice. Smart. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. one of those gifts you don't think about, but he's going to use it for sure. Right. Like, that nice blue coat. Definitely. Pocket, picket, picket, pocket, pocket protector, picket. picket protector. Yeah, it just Trademark all kind of works. Man. <laughs> Check out my I Etsy store launching soon. The picket protector. Picket protector. <laughs> well, I thought of uh, the work of a writer is never done. Um, we know. Uh, the Harry Ginny fanfic I've been writing for years still coming. The work of a writer is never done. <laughs> and so I decided I would give uh, Newt another journal. In fact, a personalized journal 
um, to collect more of his field notes in. We know he wrote a book and it got published, but we know they've also had updated editions of it. So in particular, I found an Etsy seller um, that sells this uh, journal with a gecko, kind of like a salamander on it, (laughs) and will personalize your name onto the journal. So instead of Luke, which is the example we've got here, I would change that to Newt. And nice. uh, I would just give him a journal to write his notes in. This comes this from Torchlight so Co. Over thoughtful, Eric. You must be very, very thoughtful nice. when you give gifts. I, I certainly aspire to be. So I decided I got him two gifts because you only turn 125. 125. Yeah. You only turn 125, you know, <laughs> once. I love it. Um, the first is is kind of similar to you, Andrew, but I, I'm going to get him a fanny pack for Teddy. Love, oh. love that. That's so and meta. They need to sell that. That makes that turns the nif- the Nifflers basically got a fanny pack or a pouch. So it's like a pouch within a pouch within a pouch. You know what it's I'm saying? It's like Newt's the kangaroo. <laughs> Newt's the Niffler kangaroo creature. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And so that that might be good for social media. Actually, I was just thinking of that. We'll right see. Now. Can we Photoshop <laughs> that? Maybe. <laughs> uh, and I figured I'd get him a pair of chaps so he doesn't chafe with all the beasts that he rides all the time like the, like the- <laughs> nice i'm getting newt a, a very it's very practical so i went in the andrew direction but a stanley hardware hardened steel padlock which is impossible <laughs> to cut through with a bolt cutter to lock his beast suitcase I think we could have avoided so many issues in the first Fantastic Beast movie if he had just had a better lock. Truly. So true. And I just think sometimes muggles do it better. So listen, <laughs> we're getting him a padlock. Well, that was fun. If you have any feedback about today's discussion, you can contact us by writing or sending a voice message to mugglecast.gmail.com. If you're sending a voice message, just record a message using the Voice Memo app on your phone, or you can leave a voicemail on our phone line. The number is one nine two zero three muggle That's one nine two zero three six eight four four five three. We also have a contact form on mugglecast.com if you want to write to us that way. It's time for Quizage. Yes, last week's question, very tough, very math-heavy. How many Quidditch matches does Lee Jordan commentate while Harry is at Hogwarts that Harry plays in? Ooh. Seven. This is rough. It is seven. How did you know? Wow. I picked picked the most magical number there is. It is seven. It's the most magically powerful number. Congratulations to Micah here. But here is the explanation for it. That Lee Jordan is only at Hogwarts for Harry's first five years. Gryffindor plays three games every year. Harry plays two games in the first one, but he's at the hospital wing for the third. He only plays one game in chamber, and then Quidditch is canceled because of petrifications. And he plays all three games in Prisoner of Azkaban. There's no Quidditch in Goblet, and Harry plays one game in Order of the Phoenix, leading up to seven. Wow. Congratulations to the few people who got that right including Connor G, somebody named Taylor Swift played, <laughs> Boober Tuber Puss, Kit Kat, Every Flavor Bean, oh, I want that, and Landon. And Micah. <laughs> and Micah, of course, you straight up, never too late to submit until the answers are coming out of my mouth. So congratulations, Micah, as well. Next week's question. 
what is the name of Yusuf Kama's mother? Submit your answer to us on the MuggleCast website, MuggleCast.com slash Quizich, or go to MuggleCast.com, click on Quizich on the menu bar. Couple closing reminders. First of all, don't forget to follow us on social media because Chloe is doing such a great job follow over there. Follow us. Follow us. Follow us. Or else. Or else. <laughs> We're MuggleCast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Please check it out. Lots Woo! of show clips going up. We keep you up to date, up to date on news, etc. Also, make sure you're following MuggleCast for free in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And if they allow reviews, please do review us. We would appreciate that because it helps us get discovered by new listeners. So that does it for this week's episode. Chloe, thanks so much for joining us. You were awesome. Thanks, y'all. I had so much fun and I adore you all so much. And it's so much fun working for you. So working with, working with, not working oh for. Oh my yeah, God, we're a team. Ravenclaw. And by the way, Chloe, we haven't mentioned this yet. I think you're wearing a Weasley sweater today. Yeah, I am. Is that right? I dressed on theme. Yeah. I was waiting for you to Fantastic. notice, Andrew. Jeez. I did notice at the beginning, but then I forgot to bring it up. Yeah, so. I'm rocking a Harry sweater. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm Micah. I'm Chloe. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.